You're listening to the African Campfire Stories podcast. The African Campfire Stories podcast is a podcast program that is dedicated to the telling of African history stories and events. Welcome. To bring African history to you, we have to read through a lot of details, a lot of facts, dates, names and names of places. Should you pick up anything we get wrong, or if you just want to reach out to us, please use our website www.africancampfirestories.com. You can also reach us on our social media pages on Twitter, African Campfire Stories, on Facebook, African Campfire Stories, and on Instagram, African Campfire Stories. Your assistance in this regard will help us to continue to give you quality programming. When creating our podcast episodes, we use works from historians and other writers as our sources. We are very grateful to these men and women. Now on to today's episode. This is episode 11, Cold War Pawns, Enter the Congo. Before we begin today, let us take stock of where we are in our story. Last time we covered the summary of the intervention of foreign countries in Africa. This included a high-level background of the African colonization process and the process of African independence. From episode 2 to 9 of our Cold War Porn series, we laid the foundation for the understanding of the Cold War. The understanding of the fraught relationship between the USA and the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics. And we've offered you a broad sweep of the countries that were affected by the Cold War. Beginning with today's episode, we will take a more detailed look at exactly how each of the African countries that were affected by the Cold War were impacted by it. We will start with the Democratic Republic of the Congo, the DRC. Our discussion on the DRC will take the form of many episodes. At this moment, we cannot say for sure how many but most likely it will take us between four and seven episodes to cover the DRC. The DRC should not be confused with another African country with a similar name, the Republic of the Congo. Just a point of note before we continue. Please note that we are not intending to do a full history of the DRC in the Cold War Pawns series, nor do we intend to do the full history of any of the African countries involved in the Cold War story. We will, however, cover enough of the history of these countries in order to provide the context we feel is required for the Cold War Pawns series. So then, let us get on with the DRC. Worldatlas.com describes the location of the DRC as follows. Open quote. The Democratic Republic of the Congo, DRC, has the longest land border in sub-Saharan Africa, stretching a total of 6,512 and a half miles in length. The border was first demarcated during the 19th century scramble for Africa by European colonial powers. A total of nine countries share a land border with the Democratic Republic of the Congo. North of the country is South Sudan and the Central African Republic. Countries bordering the east part of the DRC are Tanzania, Burundi, Uganda and Rwanda. The Republic of the Congo borders the western part of the country, while Angola and Zambia are situated south of the country. Close quote. We defined the scramble for Africa in our previous episode, episode 10. The DRC has been known by many names, including the Congo Free State, 
which was the name that King Leopold II of the Belgians gave to the country. The Belgian Congo, which was the name given to the Congo after Belgium took the country away from Leopold in 1908. And Zaire, which was the name given to the country under the rule of Mobutu Seseko. DRC locals sometimes call their country Congo Kinshasa. The scramble for Africa occurred soon after the Berlin Conference. Again, this conference was covered in the last episode. The history of the interference of external powers in the DRC started soon after the Berlin Conference. One of the key outcomes of the Berlin Conference was that there was increased colonization of Africa by European countries after that conference took place. The modern DRC was born when, in 1885, King Leopold II of Belgium began a process of colonizing the territory of most of the Congo River Basin in Central Africa. This was a very personal and unique takeover of African territory. This was made clear by the fact that Leopold used the private cooperation known as International Association of the Congo to conduct this takeover. This private company was created in 1876 with the help of European explorers of the African interior. Leopold was after the resources of the Congo Basin, ivory and rubber, amongst other things. To cover his behind, Leopold claimed that his private company was created for conducting humanitarian work in the African territory it was operating in. Leopold named the territory he colonized the Congo Free State. How ironic were those last two words? You'll see why later. The Congo Free State was essentially a corporation with a flag, a blue flag with a yellow star on it. Though Leopold II was the king of the Belgians, he did not colonize the Congo Basin for or on behalf of the country of Belgium. This provided for a situation whereby Leopold personally owned the Congo Free State himself. This state of affairs was somewhat quite unique in Africa. But the idea of a private corporation taking over territory was not totally new for enterprising European businessmen. The East India Company of Great Britain had conducted colonization in India. They were following in the footsteps of the Portuguese Estado da India Company and the French East India Company, while the Dutch East India Company had done the same thing in the East Indies. But Leopold's International Association of the Congo probably takes the prize for depredation, abuse of power and pure cruelty. Leopold's evil was popularized in the Western literature tradition through Joseph Conrad's book, The Heart of Darkness. The book was itself later criticized by African authors and scholars like Nigerian Chinua Achibe and Zimbabwean Rhino Zuarara as perpetuating Western racist stereotypes of Africans. In recent times, a book by Adam Hotchischild, published in 1998, called King Leopold's Ghosts, outlines the horrors of Leopold's rule in the Congo Free State. For those who don't like reading, but who would like to delve more into the story, worry not. The last book was used to create a documentary of the same name in 2006. You might find some excerpts of it on YouTube. Leopold's many atrocities in the Congo Free State included choice methods like imprisoning women and children to force husbands and fathers to work, inflicting flogging, starvation and torture on the native African peoples, wiping out whole tribes if they resisted. Leopold's officials 
required a severed human hand for each bullet used on the Africans. Workers who did not meet their targets were mutilated and tortured. Rape and sexual slavery was common. Such was the first ever concerted intervention by Europeans in what is now called the DRC. After more than two decades of committing these many atrocious acts, increasing pressure from the international community led the government of the country of Belgium to take over the running of the African country from Leopold in 1908. The name of the country was now the Belgian Congo. After taking over from Leopold, the government of Belgium announced that changes would be made to how the country was ran. A new colonial charter was outlined in 1908. The responsibility for running the country was transferred to the Minister of Colonial Affairs. The Belgian Parliament commenced the legislative functions of the Belgian Congo. But these proclaimed changes did not necessarily mean that the lives of the ordinary native Africans would immediately improve. The reason for this was twofold. Firstly, like Leopold, the government of Belgium also wanted to use the Belgian Congo for its natural resources. So the extraction of resources still held priority. Secondly, the government of Belgium left a lot of the same people in power who had been involved in the running of the Congo Free State under Leopold II. Even the last governor-general of the Congo Free State was left in place to run the new Belgian Congo. No wonder then things such as healthcare and education did not improve for the African natives. But that being said, nothing could have been worse than Leopold's reign of horror. And in that respect alone, the Belgian Congo would turn out to be a much better place for its black occupants than the Congo Free State ever was. Though social inequality between the Europeans and the Africans continued until the end of the Belgian Congo, it would be however remiss not to mention the huge investments injected by Belgium into the Belgian Congo. Large infrastructure investments were made in the 1920s and the 1950s, partly to support private businesses who in turn took the revenues back to Europe, unfortunately. Things started to get better for the locals from the late 1940s into the 1950s. Possibly this was the case of too little too late, because resistance against European rule had already began. The advent of the post-World War II world saw a lot of freedom movements all across the former European colonies. The DRC was no different. Seeing this, the government of Belgium tried to further accelerate programs to make the lives of the locals better. The end of the Belgian Congo was brought about by resistance from the Africans against Belgian rule. But also, within Belgium itself, there had been growing opposition to the colonial policies carried out in the DRC. Up to this point, not much involvement by either the USA or the Union of Soviet Socialist Republics had taken place in the DRC. But in the late 1940s, the tenuous and strained wartime relation between the USA and the USSR was starting to get fraught. The USA was the first out of the two to have a relationship with the DRC, which was still the Belgian Congo. The Belgian Congo had become a significant supplier of the mineral uranium to the USA during the war, becoming a supplier of uranium for the USA project to build the first ever atomic bomb ever created. The bomb that the USA dropped on Japan in 1945. 
the DRC would continue to supply uranium to the USA during the Cold War. This is all the time we have for today. This is the end of today's episode of the Cold War Pawns series. The next episode will continue with the story of the DRC. We will cover the struggle for freedom in the DRC and players like Patrice Lumumba, Joseph Mabutu and Joseph Kasavubu. The hardships and confusion of the early period of African independence, the chaos that came with freedom. Will the new black leaders of the DRC cope with these challenges? Listen to our next episode to find out. Stay tuned. See you next time.